Welcome to the Impact Sessions, a business podcast hosted by me, Nick Bramley, CEO and Director of Impact at Impactus Group. The Impact Sessions brings you weekly insights and experiences from some of my most valued, trusted and influential business contacts across a range of current, interesting and hopefully thought-provoking subjects designed to give you some practical tips and ideas to drive continued success in your business. On this episode, I've been delighted to sit down and talk to Marianne Smith from Do Marketing. Marianne's got a very different take on the marketing experience, and we're talking about plotting your customer journey to make sure you maximize the performance of your business. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, it's the first Impactus the podcast this morning, and I'm delighted to invite an old friend and colleague and associate of mine, Marianne Smith from Do Marketing. Marianne, welcome. Good morning. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. A little bit nervous on the first podcast, but hopefully (laughs) we'll get better. No pressure whatsoever. None whatsoever. (laughs) Listen, the reason I invited you around, apart from the fact that, you know, we go back a long way, is that um, you've got something interesting on your website, which says, why marketing and your customer journey is the first place to start. So, sorry, why mapping your customer journey is the first place to start in marketing. Now, what I'd like to do is ask you a few questions around that, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Um, I'm going to start off with the fact that, you know, you're an expert in all things marketing, and marketing is one of those subjects that people have a view on and that kind of thing, brand, etc. Um, but, in particular, you've got a passion for and an interest in the whole sort of internal marketing piece. So, do you want to expand on that and where that passion and interest come from? So if we start with where it came from, so my background is as an internal marketing manager, so I was never agency side. I Mm -hmm. would be the one that the directors would say to me, right, this is where we are, this is where we want to go to, you know, put the marketing plan together. So I was very much on the leadership team, part of, you know, the people who were out there, the ICEs, the relationship builders. So as an internal marketer, I could see the frustrations from within, you know, from the business owner's point of view, but also the team's point of view as well. So I guess when I started off on my journey in marketing, it was a case of, well, I don't want to be a marketing agency working from the outside in. I want to be from the inside out. So I guess that's where my passion came from. And that's what I've been doing since I set up do, you know, six or seven years ago. Okay. So in terms of um, one of the services that you provide, we recently met up to talk about a project for a client. And um, this is a focus on what you call the customer journey and in particular that customer mapping yeah. uh, exercise. Um, that doesn't really sound like marketing to me, to be fair. And I just wonder what you think that's all about and why that fits in the marketing piece or customer mapping particularly. Okay, so I get that question a lot because I think people see, you know, they see my website, they see do marketing. So they kind of, you know, expect me to talk about social media website, which is their perception of what marketing is. So when I meet them for the first time, And I I talk to them about the customer journey and just explain that marketing fits right across the stages. So, you know, it's pre, it's during and it's post. So how you you attract people in and how you retain them. So, you know, there's lots of stats around how, you know, cost effective is to keep your customers and keep them happy. But still people are focusing the marketing efforts on attracting new people in. So that there's marketing elements at each stage of that customer journey. Mm. And it's just making the business owner or the directors realize that actually we can do this. It isn't just about having that marketing knowledge. It is just about getting them from one stage to the next. And, you know, with a good plan, they can do that. And a lot of the ideas do come from them. So 
I think it is just about that perception of what people think marketing is from all the noise that's out there, mm. but just re- make them realize it is about the customer. It is about the customer journey that they're going to move. You're going to help them move from one stage to the next. And at the last stage, they're going to shout good things about you, which, as you know, um, gets you more business because you've got that word of mouth and okay. referrals. And Okay. Well, I mean, I know you start with that in terms, you've got a card system, haven't you? Yeah. So you'll go in and do something of a, I guess, a workshop or an analysis and things. Yeah. Do you want to, do you want to explain your, your cards, uh, yeah, your yeah. cards and your, it's not a card trick, but it's how you no, use no. your cards to, well, to map things. So when I walk into a, um, a client's office, they always think they're going to get a nice cake or something because I have this nice box and inside the box are the do cards, as you said. Mm-hmm. So it's six stages of the customer journey. So I'll get them out, lay them out on the desk and then just start to talk to them about those stages. So First of all, it starts with awareness. So where are you? It's about being in the right place at the right time. What does the brand look like? What are mm. people seeing when they look at you for the first time? And I, I'll always use kind of the analogy where, you know, you've got Aldi's and you've got Marks and Spencer's. Aldi's know their market. You don't mind standing, you know, stepping over a box um, as putting the shelves right. Yeah. But you wouldn't get that from Marks and Spencer's. You wouldn't expect that. Okay. So then it moves them along the stages to, you know, um, consideration so that when... It's not just being in the right place at the right time. It's that, you know, I do have a need now. And then the next stage is a trial, which is a stepping stone. So I'm not quite ready to sign up yet, but, you know, give me a little bit more mm. to convince me. And then the next bit is the the purchase. So how we make them feel, you know, they've made a really good decision, that nice, warm, welcome window um, in the first few weeks, how we look after them as a customer. And then it moves on to retention. So things like your loyalty programs, mm. even complaints procedures, you know, those systems in place. And then the next bit is the advocates. So how do we create an army of advocates that's going to go out there and say, this company is absolutely awesome. You need to work with them. Excellent. I mean, it does sound like you're encouraging kind of a lot of the people in the in the organization to come up with their own ideas. So you're yeah. not imposing your marketing I guess, um, ethos on them, they, they, do, they, do they have more ownership as a result of that? They do have more ownership, <clears throat> but I think the best thing about showing them the cards is that they kind of stand back and go, I can do that, you know, so I don't have to be on Facebook and I don't have to, you know, change on my website. No, you, we could, together, we can, you we can talk about the steps, which like you say, predominantly come from them anyway, yeah. ideas that they've had in place. And all I help them to do is to plan those out, stop them from doing things they don't need to do, but give them clarity, give them focus to improve. And how I describe it is like, let's get that dial from an eight to an 11. Mm. So it's a customer journey, but it's about adding value. Let's get that customer experience that they're going to naturally move on from one stage to the next. It's a really interesting way of doing it, isn't it? Because there's so many people out there, they hear the word marketing and they suddenly think, like you say, new website, social media campaign, going back to the old days go send some flyers out and and, and if they start off doing that it's a complete waste of time but um what i'd like to think about is is so the customer journey is important to the success or failure of the marketing function and the spend of the marketing budget um how often do you see that get misused or misplaced or misspent yeah well i think first of all 
again, when they get me in, it's like, oh, God, we need to spend money on marketing. So they see it as money and they see it as time. And half the time, you know, they haven't got that either. The resource in place, they haven't got the time to do it and they think it's going to be really, really expensive. So, and because there is a lot of noise out there, you know, you've got all the social media, you've got video, you've got email marketing, you know, exhibitions. There's so much stuff that they think they need to do that they don't really know where to start. Mm. So they can, they, you know, they are in danger of spending a lot of money when they don't need to or yeah. not spending enough. Right. So again, I use the analogy of, you know, Marks and Spencers. If your client is, if you want to get in front of them, there's a, you know, you have to look a certain way, you have to act a certain way. The, mm. you know, the things that you say in your communications has to make that type of client act. So actually we do need to spend a bit of money up front, mm. but it's just giving them that, kind of um, confidence and reassurance that it doesn't have to be a big marketing spend, mm. but in certain stage, you know, certain steps of that customer journey, this is where we're best placed to put that marketing investment in for you to get the right return. Okay. I had a client the other day came on a workshop of mine and then I've introduced them to you. Um, they were adamant, adamant about joining a, a particular network and it was one of those sort of re weekly networks mm -hmm. that everybody goes to on a Friday morning at seven o'clock and <laughs> they're going to meet the right kind of people, etc. cetera. Um, but when I talked to them in the workshop about what their target customer looked like, their target customer were education and um, manufacturers who, uh, who value their brand values because they were you know, looking to make videos and photography high quality. And I said to them, your customers are not in the same room that you think you should be going to the network for. But they felt somewhat, you know, everyone's networking. Um, I've gone to this event twice and I therefore should join. Um, I tried to talk them out of it. And I know you met them mm -hmm. uh, recently and, and you've now also talked them out of it. Is that common that people just sort of fall into the wrong thing? Yeah, but mm. take that as an example. You know, they were a rel relatively new company who, again, thought this is what we should be doing. This is what t people are telling us sh we should be doing. So I'm going to jump straight into it. Mm. But when you dug deeper and I dug deeper, you know, they didn't have that marketing structure in place. They didn't have the systems in place. They didn't, you know, they ha yes, they had an idea of who their, um, you know, the sectors they want to get into, which was brilliant because they mm. want to obviously niche it in, in education and in manufacturing. But what they could have done and the danger there, they could have jumped straight into that. Mm. So when people were giving them referrals, when the inquiries were coming in, the systems weren't set up. And, you know, I've seen it before where people have spent money on marketing. Um, so, you know, you go on the website, it's like, call today, <laughs> ring us now. And yeah. then you ring and they don't have an answer machine. Right. Or they don't have a, you know, they have an answer machine, but there's no, there's no answer message on there. So the way I explained it to them was to get that structure in place. Mm. Let's look at your customer journey. So if you do decide to go out networking, then, you know, when from that networking event, you've got a post follow up plan. And that was the advice that I give them. Let's mm. just get your customer profile, get the journey done and then decide what's best route to market for you. Okay. That's interesting. So who else is currently buying into the sort of, I guess it's internalizing, really, because I think yeah. the world's full of people who are spending money on, you know, it's social media, it's podcasting, and stuff like this, and, and thinking, is that the right thing? Um, who's buying into now rethinking their marketing on a customer journey basis? What kind of companies and, and organizations are you talking to? So you get the frustrated business owner. He's kind of prime for me. He's the one that has tried marketing before. He's spent money on it. He's deflated. He's frustrated. He's, you know, he just doesn't know where to start. So I can see that as soon as I go in, it's like, oh, God, marketing again. <laughs> What's she going to say? Um, and then it's that, you know, the business owner who wants to grow. They've got ambition. 
but they get they get marketing that just don't understand it but they want to understand it mm. you know they want to get behind it it doesn't work when you know if i meet a business owner who's oh, what's all this marketing rubbish and you know what's it going to do for me and i don't have a marketing budget but i want thousands of customers please that mm. kind of you know, funnily enough, doesn't work. Yeah. So um, for me, it's got to be the mindset of the business owner of the or the director mm-hmm. that wants to grow the business and they're hungry for customers or, you know, they want to keep the clients that they've got because they really enjoy working with them. So that's when it works. But, you know, larger companies will have their own customer journey and they'll have a customer journey route for, you know, different products. Mm. So they'll do different campaigns for different products. But for the small business owner, it's just about getting the, fundamental customer journey right right and then you can kind of look at that service and yeah. like, right okay let's create customer journey for that service and let's turn it up and get that customer experience right so it works for everybody it doesn't matter if you you know one of my associates just just started out he's on his own and we've gone through his customer journey you know so you know my husband works for all two they've got departments who plummet thousands and thousands into their internal yeah. communications and their internal marketing um, and their customer journey for the different products. So really every business needs a, a okay. customer journey. Okay. So it starts, I guess, with, um, it's a process, isn't it? And yeah. like anything, if you're starting a business, you need a business plan, you need to look at sales activity, etc. And all you're doing is putting the rigour of a process in place at the outset or when they're ready to grow. So I do a lot of work with high growth businesses and you know, various um, programs that, that high growth businesses are attracted to through various universities, etc. So those high growth businesses are at a, at a point in their evolution where they are probably going to do something different, something bigger. Is that the right time to do the customer mapping, do you think, for organisations who are about to, you know, grow change develop is that a good time to do it yeah i think as long as you've got your framework there right at the very beginning the customer journey and as particularly with the customer experience if you look at it more in terms of the customer experience you just add in value all the time so for each of those six stages particularly if you get your team behind it and to come up with more ideas how can we make this even more excellent for, for our clients so that you know what they see on social media is exactly what they're looking for. What they see on the website when we when when you know, they pick up the phone. How are we on the phone when when we go out to meetings? How do we present ourselves when we convert it into business? How do we really look after them? So you just constantly add in value all the time. But you learn a lot of that from your customers anyway because you work out what your customers like. You work out what your customers don't like. You do more of what they like. Yeah. You find you know systems and templates on based on the stuff that they don't like, and you just you know train your team on the customer experience. So they are looking out for opportunities and they're also know what can, you know, lose a customer as well. So the customer experience is, is for any company and it's just about keep on adding value. Okay. So they, they shout great things about you, which is what, what you want. And, and I presume you've got evidence and testimonials from people who've seen a change in their either customer retention, customer growth, testimonial evidence on social media that say that, you know, this company is a pleasure to deal with. So, you know, when people are buying into it, it's not, I guess, just the the obvious commercial values of it. It's about brand. It's about mm. position. Is there any impact on staff then who work in an organisation that are customer focused through kind of a mapping process, genuine customer focused, not those not those organisations who go, we do customer service or yeah. we care because they don't sometimes, do they? 
So I think with that, you know, take a typical member of the team. They probably think marketing's over here and it's a buzzword and it's very scary. And no, I don't want to do marketing. I just want to get on with my job. Mm. But what they don't realise is them getting on with the job is part of marketing. You know, how they turn up at a meeting, how, you know... A simple example, you know, you've got a builder. So, there is, you know, the guy's done a quote, the receptionist could be amazing. Then the guy goes out and his van's scruffy. You know, he's a bit late. He's a bit hacked off that day. He d- the impact that he has on, on you know, on that job mm. is crucial to, to, you know, doing a great job. And for that, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith to shout great things about, we use this builder and the guy was brilliant, turned up on time. You know, he was immaculate. He, he left things clean and tidy. That's what you want. So, I think... The, the two things I can say from that is, number one, from a business owner and director, the, the best thing I can hear from them when they say, I get it, I get it. Yeah. And then the, the other thing is when I do the workshops with the teams and I put the cards out and I'll, we work out what you're doing at each stage and they're mm. telling me, and then we get, you know, we get some other post-it notes, what can we do? Well, I had this idea to do that, brilliant. Yeah, but so, how would that then, so they'd look at it and go, I had a really good idea, but you want to map it and make sure that the idea has got legs and yeah. that wherever people touch point in the business, it's going to work and it's not going to be negative, etc. You mentioned about a builder there. I work with quite a few organisations in the sort of property and construction kind of area. So let's take a construction site um, on a big job. So you've got your main contractor, you've got your client who is, is the, so let's say the client is a, a, an office uh, a property developer. Yeah. You've got your builder who is your guys, you know, putting the building up. You've got your subcontract team who are M&E contractors putting the pipes and wires in. You've got your plumbers, you've got your labour, all that kind of thing. Are they part of that customer experience or is it just guys and ladies going to work and, you know, doing the job and and, and, and inspiring their teams to get the job done on programme? How, yeah. how does that work in a big organisation like that? I would definitely say they're part of the customer experience. But for me, that goes back to how you recruit the right people in. So I do, as well as the customer action plan, the customer journey, I do the team action plan. So if you're recruiting the right people in, mm. You know, if you've got your vision and values in place or, you know, you can talk about this in the in the recruitment um, process. So what you want is those people to come in and go, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that vision. Mm. I love this company. The values are spot on. This is a type, you know, in the organization I'm in now, I don't get that. Mm. And then carrying that forward through to induction. So again, you talked about the vision and the values, the exciting projects we're working on. Do you want to be part of this? And again, they're looking at where they came from and thinking, I don't want to go back there. This is, I want, you know, so, so they start and get buy-in then. And, mm. and, you know, you know, there's loads of stats around, you know, how it, you know, get your employee engagement and productivity and well-being and happiness. So, you know, if someone's happy in the job, you can see that, you know, you can see that when you walk into a restaurant, mm. if it's forced or if they're just generally happy to, to please. Well, I've got two stats I use in one of my leadership and workshop programs. One is that um, if you've got an engaged workforce, you get about a 15% natural performance improvement. So if you're talking about, you know, um, eight staff who are really engaged in your business, that's an extra staff member. Mm. It's not cost you anything as a business to have Mm. that, except it's cost you a bit of culture, it's cost you a bit of investment, it's cost you a bit of a, a thought process around how do we genuinely want to create an environment where people want to come to work with a spring in the step do more it's not about working hard it's not about actually putting them through the mill it's more about them wanting to come to work and be better yeah and that 15 percent performance improvement is 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 sort of proven stat in in the sort of leadership management world so that's a really good benefit of that and the other one is that 75 percent of people leave work through poor management mm. 
So poor management's about, you know, you might have the best ideas, you might be quite creative, you might want to really invest in your customer experience. But if your boss doesn't, your line manager doesn't, then you're going to leave, you're going to leave aren't you? So yeah. it, there's, a vest, there's a vested interest in this commercially and operationally for every business to even think about it, isn't there? It is, and it's fundamentally saying them you are part of this growth. Mm. And we will grow with you. So, you know, you get you get the customer experience right. You get the employee experience right. It's a win-win as far as I'm concerned. But it's getting their buy-in initially, you know, right right from the very beginning. Are we the right company for you or are we not the right company for you? This is how we look after our customers. Do you want to look after our customers in the same way? Then brilliant, you know. I guess if you're looking after your customers well, there's an implication you're going to look after your staff in the same kind yeah. of way. because. Values are one of those things, aren't they? I've been in loads of organisations where they've got values on a poster or on the back of the toilet door and you're thinking, right, and you ask somebody to say, what are the values of the business and they can't quote them. (laughs) They're on the wall. They're on the wall (laughs) and they're going, no, I can't quote those. So I guess in terms of that, genuine values are are important, aren't they? Because then people are attracted to to, staff and customers on that basis. Okay, so in the world of marketing, Buzzwords are things like video, social media, podcast, etc. Um, so why do people still get it wrong? This seems really obvious to me, Marianne, that you start with this customer mapping exercise. Why do people still, why do you get resistance or why do people just still not get it? Because obviously a business owner knows what they do every day. They know their job inside out. So they, they still see marketing as, as, as something that they can't touch and they'll never touch. They don't want to. And they've obviously had the fingers burnt before. There's so much noise out there. So like when I started off as an internal marketer, that marketing manager would do everything. Mm. Whereas now marketing is so dissected. You know, you've got people who just look after Facebook ads. So yeah. that's one social media platform and one way of advertising your company. Mm. So to expect a business owner to kind of, you know, think I'm going to take on marketing, I'm just going to let someone else do it because they mm. use all the buzzwords so yeah. they must know what they're doing. Yeah. So, but when you ex- turn it round into, well, actually it's about the customer experience that I can do that. Mm. Everybody gets customers, yeah. don't they? I mean, if you, set, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you run a business, you all, you, you, you all get what a customer or a client yeah. is. So you're kind of making it more accessible, I guess, on that basis and taking that that fear out of it. So what do what do internal marketers think about it? Are you are you a threat to them? You know, in terms of saying, well, we're actually pre- we're probably going to stop doing a bit of this. We're probably mm. going to refocus something there. What reaction do you get from internal marketers? I'd be interested to see. So here's an example. Okay, so um, one of my clients had um, they had a guy who was a bit reluctant to do marketing. You know, terrified. We brought him into the meeting. It was a health and safety company. And we asked him to come up with some typical questions that he gets asked all the time. Mm. And he came up with about 40 questions that we could turn into blogs. I nearly died. And I was like, oh, my God, well done you. You have just contributed to marketing. So um, that was, you know, a brilliant moment for me because he was like, well, we get these questions, Maureen, and we get more questions. And that, that, you know, for them to think that just, you know, given that to marketing to say, this is what the customers are asking me all the time. Mm. So from an internal marketing point of view, I can help them, you know, get that information from their teams. And quite often, if you have an outside person coming in, it it supports them. It's like, this is what I've been, you know, trying to get us to do. Yeah. You know, it isn't just my job. It's all our jobs. And Marianne's coming in and, you know, I do the workshops with them and the content creation workshops and we pull out ideas and this is how you can, this is the structure of a blog and then we do LinkedIn training. So this is how you can also be look on LinkedIn and LinkedIn and this is the type of things that you can be saying. So with the marketing managers, it's like, oh my God, 
<laughs> it's not just down to me. So I like to think. So I actually, you, you, you're quite you're quite welcomed yeah, rather than no rather threat. than sort of no threat. No, no, you shouldn't. I, you shouldn't be. But there's a lot of people out there a bit quite narrow, aren't they? About the thinking. It's yeah. my my job. I do that, and that's all I do. Yeah. So it's quite nice to see that you you're not seen as some kind of you know uh, no. a threat to, to threat to the department. One of my favourite stories about the whole kind of um, understanding your customer perception goes back and. Um, I'll apologise for any uh, factual inaccuracies, but uh, it's never stopped me before being a sales professional. Um, what I would say is, uh, Eddie Stobart, when they first yeah. started, they put their uh, drivers in uniform. So if you imagine, well, before Eddie Stobart became the, the brand that they are in the sort of market lead, everybody can see an Eddie Stobart lobby, lorry on, the, on the, the, the motorway. It seemed to be everywhere. But they're quite a small company. And their guys and their lorry drivers were then put in polo shirts and smart trousers and the branding. And uh, when they were going to uh, transport calves and pulling in for, you know, the bacon sandwiches and whatever, and I, and I don't want to stereotype lorry drivers on that basis, they're probably eating corn and, uh, and uh, quinoa these days. But the reality was they were getting the mickey taken out of them by other drivers and going, oh, who do you think you are? Look at the state of you. Fancy coming to work <laughs> dressed like that. But actually, Eddie Stobart's customers respected the fact that they were professional if you look professional and you present yourself professionally you are going to be a good representative of that business and their business flourished yeah. you know significantly yeah. at the expense of the people who were sat in the transport yeah. cafe in the dungarees and the, the vest that hadn't been washed for months and that kind of thing so now if you look at the transport and infrastructure business loads of them wear uniforms yeah, they and they, they were a trendsetter for that and I guess someone somewhere in Eddie Stobart saw that as a, what's the perception of the impact we have on our customers? I yeah. just like that story. From I like that, that story. And I think as well, you know, you can imagine the Eddie Stobart, you know, employee putting his uniform on in the morning and he's cleaning quite smart and he's walking in there and he's representing his, you know, your people are your brand. Yeah. You know, it's not just about what's on your website. It's not just the leaflets and the being at an exhibition. It's your people at the end of the day. You know, it's that, that experience that you get. People, you know, there's that saying, isn't there? People forget what you say. People forget what you do. It's about how you make them feel. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's just not, you know, places like Disney where they've got head of happiness. You know, you don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, you just fundamentally get the experience right. So if you are on the shop floor or you, you are the person in picking up the phone, then well, how you talk to that customer makes a massive difference. Yeah. Head of happiness, that's an interesting one, isn't it, really? That's, uh, what if they're not? Well, I was going to say, you know, that, that that's a hell of a challenge every day yeah. to be, you know, that happy. I used to work with a guy who was, um, he called himself a motivational speaker. And I just said to him casually over a beer one night, I said, um, it's not your choice. And he said, I don't know what you mean. I said, it's not your choice that you're a motivational speaker. He said, I'm not with you. I said, no, you're not. I, clearly you're not. I said, but you were a speaker. I said, the audience will decide if you're motivational. I yeah. said, it's almost quite arrogant to say you're a motivational speaker because what if you don't motivate your audience? It's like someone saying they're a comedian. The first thing someone says is, tell me a joke. So he came back to me a few months later. He said, I've been thinking about that, Nick. He said, um, I've changed my, um, my brand and my business card. I now call myself an inspirational humorist. <laughs> and I just laughed. I went, you've really got that wrong as well, but never mind. But, you know, it, it is that how people perceive you, isn't yeah. it? And, and that kind of thing. So a head of happiness is probably a, bit, a step too far for most of our audience. You're not going to get that on the building site, are you? You're not going to get head of happiness on you know, on a, uh, with a shovel in his hand, digging a trench, are you? I wouldn't have thought, really. Maybe. If the sun's shining, maybe you will. Okay. Um, listen, I'm a small business owner myself. And... Um, you know, I've been going a long time and, and you, you do stuff, you learn from things, you try things out, etc. Um, what would you say to any business owner, small, medium or large, is the one 
piece of golden thread advice that you give them if they're looking to do something with their business with their brand they're looking to drive it forward drive it forward slowly whatever what's the one piece of advice as a as a, as a marketing expert internally and externally what would you say they should be at least aware of or thinking of doing well the, the, the thing they should be thinking about is their best customer you know if they make them money if they make them happy if they made them proud so who is that person and really visualize that person is mm. you know i love working with him or her you know they do, they do everything right if i could have two more of them three more of them 20 more of them and then think well how can i keep that person you know i don't want to lose that person so what i'm going to do again going back to my dial it up to 11 yeah. i'm going to keep di- everything i do i'm going to dial it up to 11 so i think if you think of your best customer how I'm going to look after them, and then you look after two, three, four, it's endless. Just give them that experience that brought them into the business, first of all, and is keeping them there. Really, really simple advice, that really powerful as well. Flipping that on the other side, I know I've spoken to you before about doing the same with who's your best staff member. Yeah. You know, what does your, what is your ideal staff member looked like do you want to explain a bit about about yeah, that so that idea came um, from a, a client who i've worked with for many years and they were really really busy so it was a case of you know we, we need to we don't need more customers we need another you know john and i said tell me about john and he's that you know he's honest he's reliable he's trustworthy all those things i said you've just named your values and he said so he says marianne get me more johns <laughs> and that's like we'll get me more customers just grow my team with more johns yeah and that's as easy as getting more customers if you look after them right. Okay. And that comes down to when you're recruiting, what you're looking for. A lot of people recruit in their image, don't they? Yeah. And rather than recruit for what they need. So, yeah. you know, business owners, um, they like certain people. They like people who maybe like them. But actually, it's about recruiting Johns, isn't it? Or, well, could you or put, Janes. Yeah. Could you put John or James or Jane in front of that best customer that you've just thought about? Mm. And if you can then, you know, that's step one. Let's make sure it carries on right through the recruitment process. You know, they set us on fire in the in the interview. You know, that first three months, we know, we, you know, it's a winner we've got. Let's go out and find more Johns. And I guess from growing your business point of view, sort of a final point, I guess, is if you are a business owner and you've got Johns and Janes in your team, yeah. it's less work for you because you're not always going, then going to be the, the face of the business because you can trust your Johns and your Janes to to go out and build those relationships. So Definitely. It, it helps, I guess, in terms of delegation, yeah. uh, building trust and developing career paths for your team, doesn't it? And it saves you a lot of money because we all know how much it you know, costs to recruit people in. Mm. Another stat I like to use, it takes 26 weeks to get someone up to full productivity. So you think of the impact on you know the team members, the managers spending time with that person. Mm. So... Getting you right, you know, building the right team is fundamental to, you know, your customer experience, the whole employee experience and growing the business. Excellent. So for me, the, the work, is, you know, the two journeys that need to work in parallel. Okay. And so far, none of that is talking about joining a networking group, uh, doing a Facebook ad, uh, spending money on, you know, uh, video or podcast, etc. All of them have got a place, yeah. but it, it's only got a place if it's part of that map. Would that be fair? That's fair. And I think as well as if your customers are on podcast, you mm. know, if they're on video, if they watch video, if they're on Facebook, if they're on LinkedIn, just be there, yeah. but do it well. Don't okay. try to do everything, you know, focus on the right things and do it really, really well. So you impress them. And then later down the journey, you keep, you, you retain them because you're keeping on impressing them. 
Marianne, that's been an absolute pleasure. Um, we'll put your contact details on the back of the uh, podcast so people can get in touch with you about mapping their customer journey. Thanks. Nick. Anyone who's watching or listening, if you need some expertise, I'm sure you can see the passion that Marianne's got for that and actually the uh, impact she's made. So um, thank you very much for being my very thanks first for, guest on the podcast. Yeah, and, thanks uh, for having me. I've enjoyed it today. So thanks, Nick. Excellent. Okay. Thanks. Well thank done. You. Cheers.